This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the locker room. It's a little cool and chilly, but there's, I don't know, a tinge in the air that just says the expectations for this weekend are getting pretty exciting. So I'm pretty fired up. Because I think the Ravens are coming to town. They're probably a, eh, a little bit, of, you know, sitting high on the hog, thinking, you know, we're doing pretty well and we can go in there and roll these guys. I don't know, Max. It, it's like I, I wonder what the Ravens are thinking down there in Ravenland. But I know here you got to be anticipating. This is, I'm, I, this is, this is great fun, man. I mean, it is the competitive juices start to arise, and you, you got to meet the challenge. And I'm, I, for one, am excited to go down. I actually i am going down to watch practice today. Gadzooks. All right. Oh, look at yeah. you. I, you know, we got a, they, they changed it a little bit. We got a bump, so I can go watch some of the boys and get a little feel about what's happening, my friend. I know. I wish you would have went yesterday. That would have been well, even better because exactly. you had practice. I know uh-huh. you get one, one of three. One of three in the final couple of weeks here. You 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 miss the popping. I Joe hate Sturbert that. And Chris Werpley talked about it, and I was like, man, they were talking about how lively and up tempo the practice was, with no music. By the way, I just want to make sure we we have that right. Clear. We understand no music. Yeah. But, but what did know, Cam I, Hayward say? He said, "I hope he was kidding." <laughs> that yeah, being exactly. Chase Claypool. Exactly. Exactly. It's like it's like. Did did, did you not? I, I get. Hopefully, you didn't watch social media, but it's like. When you talk about Ryan Clark's comments and then you hear that literally right afterwards as a response, you're just like, oh, my no way. There's no way. There's no way. It's like but, McFly. Hello, yeah. McFly. Hello, McFly. <laughs> what are you? Chicken? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. Well, no, I love how Mike uh, awesome. Joe Schobert comes out and says, Mike T's messaging was very loud Monday morning. Now, I'm going to ask you something. Here's the thing. I know a lot of people, they, there's there's people out there that think, well, because Mike doesn't rip the players in public, you know, that, that he's very mild about it. Now, Tunch and I used to be on the south side before the COVID thing, and we would be listening. Uh, not You wouldn't be listening. You couldn't help but hear it in the conference room yeah. where we, our studio was. We could hear Mike just ripping guys. Or, I mean, behind walls. Down there on the south side, away from all the press and everything else, all the fans, he lays and fillets people out. You have sat in those meetings, Max. You understand oh. that. What what happens when you have a performance like similar to what happened in Cincy, and then it's Monday morning? Yeah, uh, you know, you you have to make sure you have a seatbelt firmly attached to your chair. <laughs> That's the first thing because. Because as as the as as the butt chewing goes, so 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 does your so does the seat of your pants. You start to slide <laughs> lower and lower and lower to where you're almost <laughs> underneath the table. That, that 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 that's that's what you get. I mean, because here's the thing: I can honestly say, and and you know, this isn't like a brag or anything, but you know, we never lost that bad. <laughs> You know, when I played there. Well, I can only say I have, okay? Okay, yes. I'm just talking about under the Tomlin era, that's the worst loss he's ever taken. Right. So, you know, yes. Have we been shut out? Absolutely. 27 zip against Baltimore. Yes. I know exactly how that feels. Right. You know, because it feels exactly how they were feeling. But for Tomlin, a person who's very prideful, especially when it comes to defense, 
You know, he's always when it comes good on good periods like he had yesterday, the five live plays. Yep. You better believe he's sitting on the defensive side. He's not on the offensive side. <laughs> he's on the defensive side, jaw jacking back at us. You know, so he takes a lot of pride in that. And right. So, so you have to understand that you know, for a person that has that type of pride, hey, wait a second, whoa, 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 I need to write this ship. So when you hear he's very loud, it's not like he was screaming and yelling at guys and trying to cuss them out of their names. No, but you have to understand that loud means intensity. Right. That means that when he talks, it's with intent. His words are thoughtful but pointed, and you're going to listen because of the way that Coach T talks. You're going to pay attention. He's going to give you those trigger words. He's going to give you the tone and the cadence to let you know, I'm upset. I'm pissed off. But there's a new week, and there's an even greater challenge where you can rise to the occasion. And he's going to – He's gonna he he's 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 gonna slap you in the back of the head, but then pat you on the shoulder at the same time. Like he's not that coach. It's just I'm gonna be pissed off and I'm gonna be mean to everyone for the entire week because I think that gets you up. But he understands that that, that that there is a balance, right? There's a harmony. For every punch, there's a pat, and he's like, listen, you, you messed up, but there's an opportunity still. We still have ball to play. That wasn't the end of the season, but that was a moment in the season that you should want to iron into your brain, like the old iron. Remember when you get the iron-on things? You want right. to throw your T-shirts back in right. the day? Oh, yeah. Iron that into your brain to know that you will never go back here. I won't allow it to go back here. And the intensity that we saw on Wednesday was a great response to him giving that decree to those guys Sunday night in the locker room and then, of course, Monday morning when they got back. So – I'm encouraged by that. You know, the interesting thing to me is, you know, you've got Mike Tomlin that leads from the front, and you got to, and you got to, you got to own leadership like water wears wet, like Mike does. That's a big thing because you can't go 14 years of non-losing seasons without being the big dog and being able to do the big dog things up front and command that respect despite how things are going. Right? I mean, it's one thing to to lead from the front and be, you know, uh, challenging guys when all is well. It's another when you hit troubled waters and then all of a sudden, you know, it's like, well, you know. The emperor's got no clothes. That's not the way it works here. I mean, he survived, you know, he survived enough of those, you know, uh, tough seasons um, by which he, he commanded respect and retains respect from the guys. And one of it is the messaging to the other players. Now, that starts <clears throat> when he talks and you hear, you know, whether it's clips uh, of words that he speaks, but when you hear the players and the leaders in the locker room speaking the same thing. The message is coming through, and it's getting taken and and you know kicked down to everybody. And it goes from Cam Hayward and Ben Roethlisberger to the rest of the guys, right? And that's the way that's the way it's done. Let me give you an example. One of the things that you know you talk about music, all right? Because we're going to talk about music. Music, okay. music was played in the locker room back in the day. I think arbitrarily, maybe maybe during lunchtime. Because a lot of guys had lunch in the locker room, you know what okay. I mean. You had yeah. you had music in the weight room all the any time, all right. And that was like yeah. age adjusted, you know. When the age, the, well, you, you're, <laughs> it was seniority, 
You know, when you walked in and you're like a 10-year guy and you and there's a rookie or a four-year guy playing music, you, you have rights to go over and change whatever the music is. That's the way it was back in the day. It was all about seniority. In the locker room, there was a situation. I remember where, where Joe Green, game day, play, there was some music being played, and it always had to be shut off like a couple hours before kickoff. I, that's just the way it was. Um, and then somebody turned it on. I remember Joe, I think he smashed the uh, radio. <laughs> I, 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 there was something where it got dismantled and was playing no more, you know, that sort of thing. When Joe said, it's off, it's off. You know what I mean? And that's yeah, he, that's he, what leadership is. He went twist his sister on you? He went twist his sister on <laughs> hey, you? Hey, by the way, you know what? <laughs> I met yeah. Dee Snyder one time. Oh, you did? You know, the, the yeah. Oh yeah, you know, the lead singer. Yeah, I yeah, the lead yeah. singer of Twisted Sister. I was walking yeah. into into the studios here one day, and he's walking out because he was at DVE. You know, oh, and the wow. mo- yeah, he was hanging out, and all of a sudden, I look and go, "Wow, you look familiar." And then it, nothing at all like the caricature that he plays, obviously, and so forth. A nice guy, very nice dude. You know, I don't yeah. know why you you know paint up like that, but anyhow, um, I met him. <laughs> Brush with greatness. Hey, that, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> now, the good thing is, obviously, he wasn't obviously dolled up. He was still in normal civilian. Attire right, right. Absolutely. Face. Yeah, no mascara, no makeup. You yeah, know, we don't we don't no, do those no things. Blue. Yeah, no, that was, that was a different era. That was just a different era. Um, eyeliner was really popular. Um, you know, uh-huh. back in those days. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but we're, no, we're we not going to get into it. We're not, no, we're not, we're not going there. Did but you, you did meet who, Dee Snyder, which is cool. Well, all right. <laughs> who, who was who was some of the? Uh, did you meet meet any rock stars where you were you know playing? Yeah, no, Alice Cooper. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah, I I see Alice Cooper probably I would say two times a year when I go to PGA Tour Superstore out here. Ah, okay. And pro- quite possibly one of the coolest dudes and nicest guys of all. Really? Time. Like he he's just an awesome guy. He's invited me to play golf with him a couple times, like because he's like, "Oh yeah, I heard you on the radio," you know, because I'm on the radio with your brother. And, and right. He's like, oh yeah, yeah, no, good player, yeah, yeah. He's like, "Hey, if you ever want to play golf, you know, this is my thing. This is what I do." And he plays a ton of golf. Does he really? Uh, yeah, I would say every day he plays golf. So wow. No, no, I, but I mean, I'm but not a golfer. Awesome. I'm not a golfer. You know what? I, no surprise there. Well, I I can't see you concentrating on. Just hitting a little small ball with the stick, and <laughs> not very well. That's for sure. And and, and being quiet and, and worrying about no, I don't need to talk too loud. No, I can't. I can't. <laughs> you see, Wolf, I would love Wolf in your prime. I, I I would imagine you walking out there with like a boulder and a club, like let's do this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like like straight like Fred Flintstone style. Exactly. <laughs> you know you know what uh, Mike Webster when he rehabbed from knee surgery. He took yeah. a nine iron and a ball, and he played. He'd go run the the golf course. He'd hit the ball, run to the ball, hit the ball, run to the ball. When he put it on the green, then he'd pick it up, go to the next one, and that's how he rehabbed his knee. I I don't wow. know. To me, that's like that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. I don't, cause, cause I don't think so. Well, why bother? Why bother carrying the club? Just l- l- listen. He's like, I only need one club. My goal is. You know, hit this. See how far I can hit it, right? And and when you're working with a nine iron, you know, you know, you're not going, you're not going over, 
Well, well, it's Mike Webster, so he probably's hitting that thing about close to probably 145. <laughs> so, yeah, you're doing 145-yard <laughs> sprints every time with the ball. And then you get a little finesse as you get closer, so it's a shorter True. sprint, right? True. Trying yeah. to get a little touch, trying to get a little cut shot on there, a little pop, you know, changing the wedge angle of uh, of, of the nine iron. So, I mean, I, I can see that that would be a cool creative way. If you like golf, that's a heck of a way to play golf. Of course, you don't want, you want to make sure that nobody's behind you. <laughs> Since you're technically walking, that golf cart still moves faster. I don't care how fast you are. <laughs> exactly. So, all right. Exactly. I played one time. Well, well, wait a minute. back in high uh, in college, one of my summer jobs was at the local country club in Orchard Park, New York. All right, I okay. cut the greens. You know, I had the oh. mower, so I had to be there at like five thirty in the morning. You wouldn't have been a caddy. Yeah, I figured you probably weren't a caddy. <laughs> No. Ah, there's a little so, bit of windage when you get closer to the hole. You might want to pull back about two clubs. Uh, yeah, and try and keep it to the left. I cannot see you doing that. Yes, grass mowing is definitely what that, or you're the guy that that goes out in the morning and put and puts all the all the uh, pins it, it, flags in the pinholes. I can see that. Well, or, or I like just mowed the greens. The holes. I mowed yeah, the exactly. greens. I accidentally yeah. mowed one out to the fair to the fairway one time. Oops. Had my miscues, but here's the best one. You'd love this. They had a tournament there one time, right? So there was there was three three holes that were kind of like near each other. You know, I, I, somehow they arrange it so yeah. at least two. Yeah. Okay. So you got a little wooded area, and you got like two two uh, greens side by side. So I had to rake yeah. the sand traps, right? So yeah. you know, nobody was coming for I don't know like fifteen twenty minutes. I was like, oh, just I sat back in the. <laughs> I went down and sat in the woods, and all of a sudden, next thing I know, I fell asleep. So I get this guy. <laughs> all of a sudden, I wake up. This guy's poking me with a, you know, with a wedge, and he's going, "Hey, I'm trying to hit over here, and you're snoring." <laughs> so Things that don't surprise me about Wolf Number Seven. That that Wolf would be working at a golf tournament, and he would go take a nap in the woods. Not surprising. Not sur- you know Doesn't surprise me, Wolf. Doesn't surprise me. I, I'm I'm unmoved. I'm unmoved by, by that statement because it's so appropriate. I can see that. Ah, there's no sand to be trapped here. Everything is looking good. I'm just gonna sit down here for a did little bit. Make, Had a heavy a leg day yesterday. Too. Did you have a pine cone pillow? Did you have that? Hey, buddy, I'm I, trying I, to I, hit here. You're snoring too loud. I whittled this blanket out of pure pine needles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Oh, the travails hilarious. of my life. Yeah, hey, listen, they're awesome. I mean, from D. Snyder to, to you know, wooden naps. Wooden you know, naps. It, it's just. <laughs> Can you imagine the. the the people playing in the tournament and hearing this snoring coming from in the little wooded area. You're like, what is that? What is that? They pro- the reason why they were cautious is like, shoot, that might be a bear. I mean, is it fall yet? Is it fall yet? Are they hibernating? I hope they're hibernating. That bear sounds angry. That's an, ang- that is an angry, angry bear there in the woods. <laughs> oh, my heavens. You know. Yeah. Oh, gosh. So getting back to where were we? Okay, so you got you got those Monday morning meetings, and you know, you know that that you Mike is, them. and you hate yes. them after a loss. Ugh. Oh, they do absolutely. Well, you didn't get victory Monday. 
That, oh, that, that's, that's true. That, that's, that's one of the reasons. You didn't get Victory Monday. So the donuts are gone. There's no donuts. Donuts are gone. There's no donuts. And then, you, you, you know, you're losing weight on your backside because your butt <laughs> is getting chewed off. <laughs> As you slide under the table. As you slide <laughs> under the table, the, the more and more that Coach talks. <laughs> All right. We're going to go to break right now. It's, it's Wolf Starks and the Ninjas in the locker room as we just peruse our way through the opening segment. That's our that's the stretching segment of today. Would it not be, Max? <laughs> yeah, exactly. This this would be. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll be back after this. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. And the number is 412-919-1316. Wolf Starks and the Ninjas. You know, Max, culture is handed down. You know, the culture of the locker room and what the expectations are. I remember Joe Green one time uh, at some point in time my rookie year, and I remember he, after practice him taking off his pads, then standing up in the middle of the locker room, he said, all you rookies, I want you to know uh, – you cannot study by the light at Confetti's, which was a nightclub, which, you know, some, oh, you know, oh, okay. you go, I, was, I was like, study by the light of Confetti. I'm like, what? Exactly. Like, weird you, proverb <laughs> is that one. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't study by that light. It's too dark in there is what he's saying. But he was also pointing out and went on further to say, look, you got to get your rest. You got to come in prepared. I know you're young bucks. I know you're unmarried. I know that uh, you want to go out. You want to have a good time and so forth. But this is the business that you're in. This business that you are participating in. This is the team thing. And everybody depends on the man to his right and to his left to do his job regardless of the side of the ball you're on, what unit you guys play on, you know, uh, special teams included, all these things. And that's that's the messaging that comes from within. Yeah, no, and, and like you said, it's a message that comes from within, but even more so it comes from your left and your right. It means your True. locker mates. And how you go about your business is a, is a learned activity. Meaning, as a young guy, you watch the older guys. You learn the lessons. You listen to the words. You know, I, I always remember this phrase my grandma told me. He said, listen, God gave you two ears and one mouth. Right. And I should tell you what the ratio should be. <laughs> and so, you know, that that's how you always Grandmas are good guy, at stuff like that. Gra- grandmas are great oh, at Proverbs. I mean, absolutely. they're going to give you those one-liners you just like, Oh man, she's even seen some things. <laughs> yeah, gra- gra- right. Grandma knows a couple things, and I'm going to listen to Grandma. And that, and also, I don't want to get hit with a switch. Well, so true. yeah, um, but I, I think I think that 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 applies. Like you said, it's passed down. That means that my job when I when, when I first get in that locker room is to learn. Right. And then as I'm blessed and fortunate enough to make it to what we like to call the middle age of football, right? You know, mm-hmm. when you get years about four through six. You know, now it's now I need to be the go between, right? Between the older guys and the younger guys. You have to be that bridge, right? And and you and you are showing them those habits that you learned. And then as you get older, and then you become Methuselah like Ben is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, th- then it goes the other way where it's just like everything just ticks you off. You, you know, you know, one thing that Ben said this week, he was like, I had to stop being the grumpy guy. You know, I had to stop, stop being the guy that was yelling, get off my lawn to the young kids running around the locker room. Right. You know, right. right. Um, but I think but that but that's that that's the job. You are you are the standard bearer. You hold the standard because if you've been there that long, if you've been there as long as Cam. Right. If you've been there as, in the league as long as Joe Hayden. And and Ben Roethlisberger, hey, what you say, go. Like you said, Joe came in. If he decided he want he wanted to go smash the radio because he was tired of it, well, we just got no radio, guys. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. That's nobody's exactly fine. I don't it. care. I don't care who bought it. I don't care who has the receipt from Kmart or wherever else. <laughs> it's like. All right, so much for music. I'm a hum in my head now. You know? <laughs> it's a lot safer. I, I, you know, I like my own instrumental in my head anyways better. I, you know, they scream a little bit too much. I like a little more melody in my tunes. <laughs> you know, you, you make up all these excuses. But I think that's, that's the appropriate thing is that the standard and the culture is carried by players. Right. It, it, can't, be, it can't be taught by a coach. A coach can, can only influence the overall culture on the field. But when it comes to the locker room and the closeness of a team – that's also another sign of closeness, right? When you can pass that on and those guys answer the call, right? When your young guys elevate to the level of veteran level as far as their approach, their mental process, how they go about their routine of their daily lives within that locker room ecosystem, that's a testament to the, to the leaders because that means these guys get it and they're falling in line. Right. And, you know, you know to make a militaristic term – that's why you go through boot camp, right? Training camp is your boot camp for the NFL. And you learn from your drill sergeants. Yes, you do. <laughs> who, are your position, who are your position coaches. But then you look to the higher-ranked guys within your platoon. <laughs> okay, is that what you said, Sarge? All right, Sarge, I got it. You know, you, and, and the same thing kind of follows that in that ecosystem of training. You understand what the standard is. You understand the importance of the moments like a rivalry week, you don't think that Ben Roethlisberger hasn't talked to guys about what this Raven game, Ravens game means for those rookies that are in there, Kendrick Greens and the Dan Moores of the world, you know, Cam Hayward talking in the, about this rivalry, because they've been in those bloody bad battles we talk about. When you've had the moments and when that rivalry was at its height, you have guys who were there, you know, in those moments. So you want to listen to them and help them shepherd you through. Because it's going to be physical. You think that pop was loud on Wednesday? Wait till the pads clap on Sunday. Because the loudest hit I've ever heard in my life as a football player was in a Ravens game. Mm-hmm. And that was Ryan Clark and Willis McGahee. Oh, yeah, I remember that hit. That is one of the loudest hits I've ever heard. That Sitting was a brutal hit, yeah. It was a brutal hit. But that's the epitome of what this of what this rivalry is. And that's why... When you hear Ryan Clark speak, mm-hmm. it's a guy that went out and did. Right. Right? It's not a guy, oh, I'm just going to be an old man and complain about this, that, and the other. No. He has given that sacrifice. He has given that quarter blood on the field <laughs> to have the right to say that after the fact. Now, I'm going to give you a little little story here, okay? My rookie year, 1980. Let's see, were you born by then? No, I wasn't. Okay, no. that's what I thought. I, I was born two years later. Okay. okay, two years later. All right. So, <laughs> yeah. so there I am. I'm just a rookie, right? We play the Oakland Raiders on Monday Night Football at Three Rivers Stadium. And I am so excited. It's Dandy Don. It's uh, Frank Gifford, you know, Howard Cosell and all this stuff. And so 
We we played this game and it was horrible. We lost 45-34. Okay. Okay. One thing Joe Green hated was losing. The second thing he hated was losing stupidly, you know, with penalties and and uh, missed assignments and stuff like that. And the third thing he hated was the Oakland Raiders. Okay. <laughs> Those three came together like a cauldron, like a perfect storm, right? So I remember coming to the locker room afterwards. I go to my locker, and I'm pulling the shoulder pads off. Now, you know how we would put two-way tape on the shoulder pads and, you know, make oh, the jerseys yeah. tight and everything. So I get the shoulder Slick pads. Down. Yes, I'd get the shoulder pads up over my head, and I'm pulling, trying to pull them off. As somebody's, and all of a sudden, there's a kaboom, and I'm like, whoever was helping me, they just stopped. And so I'm kind of like stuck. I got my head in, in, you know, down inside the shoulder oh, yeah. pads in Jersey. I, I, I lean over, so I'm like a groundhog looking out the hole, you know, where your, your neck goes in, right? And your head goes yeah, through. So I'm sitting there. You're I'm like a Disney mascot <laughs> right now, halfway through the uniform. That's it. That's, that's right exactly now. it. <laughs> so I'm looking around the locker room trying to find out what happened. And all of a sudden, I see Joe, Joe Green, standing in the, at, at the very doorways of the Three Rivers locker room. And then I, I look over, and there's a helmet rattling around in the locker, a big locker where all, okay, he slammed and threw his helmet into the locker, right, and busted some wood and all this stuff. So as I'm sitting there and I'm trying to, like, like all of a sudden I heard Joel just growl, and he said, it's a little too dang happy in here. And then it got as silent as church. <laughs> I mean, you think about it. There, There's... There was, you know, at that time, it's 40 guys, you know, 40-man squad. And you got the Bradshaws, the Francos, you got Donnie Shell, you got Lambert, you got Swan, you got all these personal. Multiple Super Bowl champions. And they they (laughs) went radio silence like that. And I remember as I'm stuck, I'm like, is somebody going to help me here? (laughs) I can't can't get this (laughs) <laughs> and everybody went about their business, though. But that was part of. But, but you don't say anything. You, you no. Think, you, you, th- you think that in your head. <laughs> yes. yes, that's yeah, exactly. You don't walk it. over and say, "Hey, Joe, seems like you still got some energy. Can you help me with these pads?" <laughs> no, don't do that. there was no you way know, I was going near that yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> no you way. Been the next thing in the locker had you done that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might have been the next big bang in the locker. Yeah. Oh, you want your pads off. Oh, you really want your pads off. Okay. We're going to take your pads off. off. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Could you imagine? But again, that's that's how culture is passed on. That's how you learn. That's the, the, you know, going through um, the highs and lows of of what it means to be a pro, you know. And so this is, you know, uh, not accepting the effort doesn't just happen with the coaches. It's got to come from within, too. And I understand what yeah. Ryan said and everything else. Yeah, you know, the, what, the, so you know, the words that they have, you know, they have, they can speak their mind, you know, because like you said, they've, yeah. they've been there and done that. But the fact is, look, this is a team that has got to grab itself by the bootstraps and come up and come up swinging. And that's what I'm anxious to see this weekend because it's going to tell an awful lot about the physicality, the nature, the temperament of what these guys are all about because it's right there for them. It's not that they can't, you know, it's not that they're incapable of winning. No, we know they, they're capable of winning. But you got to put that product on the field. Yeah, you're only good as your last game. True. You are what you put on tape, right? Those are the two kind of 
resounding messages that, that carry through time. I don't care how much you talk about how great you are, but what did you put on tape? Right. That's how great you are right now because that's your last performance. And if you are as great as you say you are, go show it. Show me it on tape. Pop off the tape if that's what you believe you are. Be a pop star, right? right. <laughs> you know, be that guy that jumps out the tape and says, I will not be denied. And that can all be told with what you see on the film and what you also show in practice. You know, and I think that that's 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 the ethos they have to carry this entire week. Ethos. That's a big word, bud. That's pretty amazing. Well, listen, listen, I, I, I have to I have to keep Hoopy on her toes. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. She loves that. I know she's digging that. Yeah. By the way, what's yeah. up with the scarf? You got a little sore throat or something there. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, so I, ha- I have an Avenger scarf on right now. Oh, um, is that what that is? Oh, my son yeah, CJ would just yeah. love that. He, yeah, he, see, see, that's so cool. The Avenger sign is on it. Wow. But you know, no, no. I had, I, I got my wife does this cool thing since, since my thirty fifth birthday. Okay. I get these, these things called loot crates. And uh, loot crates. What's that? Yeah. So it's, it, it, it it's a Marvel themed box that comes like once every like three months or so. So. I get those, and and it has different Marvel paraphernalia. So obviously, being wintertime, I got an Avengers scarf here that that you can fold up into a pocket <laughs> for my travel since I'm coming since I'm coming back east, yes. northeast to be exact for a lot of games. I got gotcha. Weather is an issue, so I was just I was just, I was giving it a little stroll, just you know, a little airing it, it, it out not a little. Necessary here. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, wait a minute, wait a minute. What's the temperature down there in Phoenix? Uh, right now, it is exactly 61 degrees. <laughs> okay, so it's not exactly scarf weather, but it's no, getting no. close. It, but it's, all, it's, it's also 8.30 in the morning. I mean, the high is still 81, 82 degrees. So. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, yeah goodness. but no, no. It's not scarf weather, but, you know, I was like, I'm trying this out. You know, figure out how do I want to do it. I want to throw it over the shoulder. Oh, looking very double, spiffy. Oh, double. You know, the double so it covers Covers the neck so it keeps the pipes warm so I can talk and not sound <laughs> cracky when I'm on the sidelines on Sunday. You know, I'm just working on that, figuring out my technique. That's all. That's right. You're headed to where? <laughs> You're going to Las Vegas, aren't you? Uh, I'm in – yeah, I'm Vegas. I leave today. I have the Pac-12 championship game tomorrow. Okay, right. Uh, Oregon, Utah. And then I will be in Pittsburgh Saturday evening for the ladies' night out. Oh, Painting very event good. at Heinz Field. Very good, young man. All right. I'm going to I'm going to flex my Picasso skills. You know. Okay. Ho- Are you a paint more, by more numbers paint. guy or what? I, I paint by what? Paint by numbers? I, d- I don't even paint. So I don't <laughs> even know what paint by numbers is, but uh, you know, yeah, listen, you not don't expect something that's going to be in the Louvre after I'm done. <laughs> just just hope that I actually get close to what the people are painting up on stage. Yeah, that, that would that, be that's nice. That's the goal in the prayer. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it would be nice. I will use the colors. All the colors will be present that that that, that they tell us to use, but I, I can't tell you if it's going to come together or not. Don't worry. I'll post on social media. I'll let it. I'll let Steelers are you gonna, Nation are you decide gonna do that? if I did it. Yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to post my pictures and what it's supposed to be and what I do. So that will be there. And then, of course, we got game time Sunday afternoon. Absolutely, and I'm looking forward to it. All right, let's take a break. We'll be back with more Wolf Starks and the Ninjas in the locker room after this. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome, everybody, back in the locker room. And, Max, I got to tell you something. You know, 
One of the things that Mike had said at his press conference, you know, he was asked, are changes on the way? And Mike said they'll be subtle. Now, I wonder, you know, what changes? Because there, there are obvious changes when you start switching bodies. Then there's subtle changes when you move the bodies to a different position. Uh, and then there's changes like uh, Montrevious Adams, who they pick up and they bring right to the 53. I mean, they didn't. I hear the squeaker again. Yeah, they, exactly. Okay. He found, he, it's like he found it on cue. Like <laughs> He's like, oh, no, it's, it's a commercial. He's not talking, so I don't need to do this. But the second he starts moving his mouth or he puts the headset on, it's go time, guys. It, it, it's gotten real. It's gotten real. It's good. I've got to provide the comic relief right now. He, he's that guy. He's that guy. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, right, yeah. so, so what do you think the changes might encompass? And and do you have any ideas along those lines? Well, I, I think you're going to see how fast can Montrevious Adams pick up the playbook. Right. I think first and foremost and see what he can do in some of the base personnel stuff, right? Because I think you're still going to have a lot of base in this Ravens game. So how fast Montrevis can pick up the calls, the keys, the shifts, and how he works with Wormley and, and Cam will determine, you know, I think his first crack and opportunity because he's a nose. He's right. a nose that is a nose. I mean, he's right. not like, ah, I'm a D-tackle massacre. No, he's a bowling ball, and, <laughs> and, and he's going to be right there in the middle of it all. So it'll be interesting to see how he does it because he came from the – you know, the Patriots do run a 3-4 type system. Right. But he came off of the, the Saints practice squad. Right. So that's a 4-3 attacking downhill type of D-line. So it's which do you have more in your DNA? Are, are, are you going to be a rock or are you going to be a rolling stone? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> right. you know, how, are you, how are you going to do this? So I think that, that, that could be one big significant change. He needs to be a rock. That, Can I just say? Yeah, well, yeah, you know absolutely. I mean? That's, that's but, the way it is, baby. You better be a rock. But but that's what that's and so I think that's what they're trying to see because he got a lot of reps yesterday from everything I heard and then Chris Wormley knows him so that's another thing right. he probably got a, a vouch for, uh, from from Tomlin or Butler like hey yeah I, you know we came out in the same draft class and uh, we trained together in the off season so I know what type of dude he is yeah that, that's a good choice you know what I'm saying like he gave the cosign um, offensively I mean yeah it's going to be who can play left guard. Right for Kevin Dotson, yeah, you know, that's that's it because Trey Turner's your right guard, and you know where Dan Moore stands right now. Um, what was interesting? Zach Banner didn't practice yesterday. Yeah, he so, had illness. There was an illness. Had an there. Illness. Yeah. So so that so I can't say that there's going to be a tackle move. Right. That's <laughs> you know that's the obvious one that everybody's pointing at that possibly. Yeah. You know that, and it, you know the the thing about it is, you know. Chooks hit, does some things very well, but then he just seems to, I don't know, uh, lose. He'll, he'll go through periods of time where he's up and down. You know what I mean? Where he goes left when everybody's going right. Yeah, and exactly. Right. And it's a concentration and thing, I got to believe. Yeah, it's a concentration, focus, attention to detail. I mean, those are the things that it's different if you make a mistake full speed and you justified it that I thought it was this. Right, correct. Um, but when there's a lack of effort or when there's a little bit of laziness in the step and your group isn't humming, yeah, that, then it's like, okay, this is a problem now, right? <laughs> you know? Right. That, that's, and so that, that's what it's going to be for Chooks. Chooks has to come out and show us 
Hank, did you respond to when Thompson, Tomlin was talking loud? Did you get that? Because you had to know he was talking to you as well. Right. Now, like you, you weren't immune to that. Hopefully you don't think that. Hopefully you weren't playing music in your head next to Chase Claypool when he was talking. You know, I think and, and that, that, that I think that goes for the entire offensive line. Like, hey, all of your effort needs to be there because it wasn't just one or two guys. It was a team effort. Everybody shared in this loss. We have almost enough points to go around. There's 45 guys that oh, dress. Yeah. There's 41 points that were scored on us. So we could <laughs> we could pass them out like Oprah. You get a point. You get a point. Everybody gets a point, <laughs> right? You know, you, you could have that um, type of mentality. And I think that's the biggest thing is that the attention to detail. I didn't hear anything negative about Chooks in practice. I didn't hear anything negative about the O-line. I heard they responded well. So let's see how that goes as far as building consistency. I want to hear about how, how was it today. And you're going to have eyes on the ground. Yeah, so I get to be there. Be there to, 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 to get to diagnose it, doctor. I wonder. To give us a diagnosis tomorrow. I, you know, I wonder if they would, would dare to go pads two days in a row. I mean, you know, I think about it. We, if you were at the Hall of Honor and you heard John Culp say that he had three games a week and one practice. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and that's the way. And again, that's another time period that's under other archaic rules. You know, back when the the trolls and the elves and Middle Earth were at war and all that sort of stuff. I understand yeah. it was back in the Dark Ages, but you know, there there was something about that that really allowed you to hone your craft and keep working at it all the time. You know, and that was encouraged. That was Chuck Noll. That was challenging every day. It was a challenge to your manhood and to your um, job security. <laughs> Where yeah, Chuck exactly. ch- challenged you on a daily basis, you know about that. And it, again, when you have like center- a yardstick and put it next to you, like, yeah. like that oh. would be the ultimate thing. My, so my high school coach, that's what he used to do. Little bulldog of a guy, Coach Will Carlton, right? Mm-hmm. Coach Carlton, he had he, he had this yardstick one day, and he just come by and he just stand, he just sit it next to you, and then just look at it, look at you, look at it, look at you. <laughs> a yardstick. Look. Yeah, so you got to explain. He's, me- he, he's because he's measuring you up. <laughs> he's sizing you up. He's I like, see. do you measure up to this yardstick? Oh, and my so goodness. It's kind of one of those mental things. Yeah, those little things that the coaches like, do. What the heck is he doing? Like, you know, because he was already like, like just a, 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 just a swole, buff, little short dude. Right, and right. He, and he walked around like a bulldog. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah. So you're just like, what is, what is Coach doing today? Now, I'll never forget, it was me and Ricky Newton. Um, who was Nate Newton's nephew? Oh my! Um, and Ricky, Ricky, and I were by far the two largest kids on, on the on, on the team. So we would have to push the sled by ourselves. It would just be mm-hmm. me and him as freshmen. And so he'd get one in, I'd have the other in, and we'd have to move the sled. And Ricky was about six three, every bit about three forty <laughs> as a freshman. Like okay. Ricky was huge. And and I was now I was tall. I was like six five, maybe two forty five, okay. two fifty as a freshman. But Newt Newt outweighed me by a whole lot. I was like, oh no! <laughs> I was like, I, I get this, but no, I'm tall. I'm not wide, and he is wide. Now that has changed, obviously. Uh, you know, I'm no longer in the twos, right? Uh, <laughs> but uh, but it was just funny that, that that you know he he used a measuring stick on you, and I think that's the same thing. You get that proverbial measuring stick every day amongst your teammates, amongst the guys you're going against, you know, and they're they're measuring you up. You know, they're trying to see, do you fit the bill? And that's what you have to go out and prove every single day. I fit the bill. I am built 
to handle whatever it is that we're going that we're going to go through. Like I, I've I've got enough. I've got enough. You know what's you know, funny? That, that's what you think about. You remind me. Now my high school coach was Harris Winky. Okay, he played at Syracuse okay. University years before me, and uh, he was a tough guy. But he would tackle in practice, show you how to tackle with no helmet, no pads. I, <laughs> he would, I was about to say that sounds like I was like I, I was like I, where is he going with this? Is this yeah. a coach that definitely went head first on the tackles? He did. He did, <laughs> you know. But, you know, it also reminds me, you know what I hated? In high school, they always had these drills, these punishing drills, right? Like one of the drills yeah. we had to do was I got in trouble for something. I don't know what it was. I did something wrong, right? So what's he do? He makes me play quarterback during a blitz drill. Now, the, two, uh. the, caveat, <laughs> the caveat was I couldn't throw the ball and I couldn't hand off the ball to anybody. And I'm going, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. What do you mean a blitz drill? You know? And then all of a sudden all the offensive linemen turn at the snap and, and it's, a, it's a pig pile. You know, so but that was one of the punishments. Bull, it's bull in the ring, yeah. essentially. Well, it it's wasn't bull even in bull ring, in the yeah. ring. It was a pig pile, man. Then the other one. you versus everybody else. Exactly. <laughs> then the other one was, and tell me if you had this one, where you had to do wheelbarrows. You had to walk on your hands where your buddy held your feet. If, like, somebody – oh, I remember. We forgot to say happy birthday to uh, Coach oh. Winky. One time on his birthday. So we had to do 100-yard oh, wheelbarrows, which was excruciating and full pads. Have you ever I had to do it? Well, come on. Is you, that, you is that the, like the log rolls? The log rolls? No, no. That's like they hold your, your, your feet up in the air. You walk on your hands. You know? Kind, oh, like, my uh, gosh. Yeah. Remember the Giants or whatever that was? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so exactly. We, so Okay. I see. What, you know, we've had to do, like, scalded dogs. What was that now? That's the that's the that's the one where you have to have one leg in the air, two oh. hands on the ground, one leg. It was a three leg, also three legged dog. Right? Oh, and you'd have and you'd have to do that down the field. Oh, and go oh, down one oh, way, come oh. back the other way. Oh, that log would be rolls, terrible. Log, log rolls, rolls made you suck. sick. Oh, oh yeah, that was just just go ahead and puke now. Yeah, I mean essentially, hundred yard log to, rolls. You're like throwing up before you get there. No question. And then there, then we had burpees. Like every, yeah. for every every five yards, right? So yeah, doing that up and down the field. Up yeah, downs. we got, we, I had, we had some sick punch. Gator that, Mountains in college, you'd run the stadium from top to bottom. Uh, oh yeah, I could imagine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's brutal. Those. You the know, snakes. running stairs. We used to run the six hundred section at Three Rivers. Mike Webster was he used to do that like a mountain goat man. He would be bounding up and down those stairs, and it was I mean those things were it was steep at the top of Three Rivers yeah. there, and he would run. Every set of stairs all the way around the stadium, it, it, which I think it was like 35 sets of stairs or something. It was ridiculous. And it was, yeah. I mean, you could get a nosebleed up there for crying out loud. I remember coming down the stairs. I was, I was we were, Tunchilk and I were running because, you know, when Webby went up, and our line coach would go, uh, I see Mike's going up to run stairs. You might want to join him. It's like, okay. It's not like you volunteered. You <laughs> you were volunteered by your coach, right? You go up with him. Yeah. We're coming down the steps, and I slipped, and I fell into the one of the rows of of, uh, of chairs up at the top of the stadium and actually bounced to another row below it. <laughs> like going, I'm glad it wasn't in the front row. <laughs> <laughs> that could have been a calamitous one. <laughs> a little icy up there. Got it just slipped on a little bit of rain or something. I can't remember. But it was I hated stuff like that. That was brutal. Yeah, no, that that had to be ridiculous. I mean, you know, because I remember the Gator Mountains, the same thing. 
But because it was on the student side of our field, which was behind the visitor side, there was no like second deck. So it literally like the state, it, it kind of curves out, it, it widens out. But then as you get past that first tunnel entrance up top, then it just shoots straight up. Ooh. So similar thing. And that's, what yep. it, and we had, and we ran it on the bleachers. Oh, so we didn't use oh. the stairs. Yep. So you'd have to make sure you bounded enough to hit the bleacher mid. Right. Cause if you miss the bleacher, that split was not going to no. be very nice. No, you're going to lose yeah, some skin. Yeah. 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 No so, doubt I mean, about yeah. it. So yeah, I, I could, I could fully appreciate that. Cause that, that sucks. That sucks. <laughs> oh. Well, what's coming up is Coach Tom Bradley's coming in. We're going to ask him about some of the things they did at Penn State. Little punishment exactly. runs, exactly. So we got what a lot did he more. Make them do versus what he actually had to do. Oh, that, that's that, a good that, question. That's All that's right, a good one. We're going to remember him. that. You betcha. All right, right back okay. here with more.